0: You're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all ladies to be the best versions of ourselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while we do it. So today is going to be an episode for all ladies, because we all are concerned with wealth management, you know, how to save money, how to prepare for the future, Um, especially right now, because there's a lot of economic uncertainty right now. So today we're going to be chatting with a Very interesting lady. Her name is Amanda Neely. Hi, Amanda.
1: Hello, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, and you are so cool because you actually have a podcast that is dedicated to building wealth. And I was listening to your podcast the other day. It's called Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. And there's a couple episodes that you have that I really like, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, I wanted to ask you, kind of what was the inspiration behind you starting your podcast?
1: Yeah, I've actually... um I started like my first blog way back in like 2006, no, 2009, 2009. Mm. So long long time of like publishing content and I, I love writing. It's really great, but I felt like I needed like a new challenge. And so tried video for a while, wasn't a super big fan of video. This would have been back, I don't know, gosh, 2016 something like that so it didn't have the same kind of technology we have today mm-hmm. and I was like actually podcast sounds really fun like just hooking up to a mic and just pressing record and sharing like what's on my mind and what I'm learning with other people that seems like I could learn a lot from that process as well as share a lot and help a lot of people so we uh we've tried like a couple different podcasts but this grandma's wealth wisdom one is. really really been successful in accomplishing those goals, right? Like helping me share what I want to share and then being of most value to other people. So it's been a, a, a joy to make it happen.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the, it's always interesting how we kind of go through these different like phases of life when we're trying to figure out our career and everything. And I'm loving podcasting too. You know, it's a lot of fun and it, it's very expressive, but now let's talk about, cause your podcast is a wealth, is a, a money management podcast. Like that's mm-hmm. probably how you're classified on like Apple podcasts and stuff. So why, why the money management?
1: Yeah. So, um, I guess it would have been like my late 20s that I started working with a certified financial planner and Mm. it just revolutionized my story with money. And I was the kind of person that when I was a teenager, my mom and dad were fighting about money. So I sat my mom down at the (laughs) kitchen table and we figured out how to get out of credit card debt. Like, And I was like not letting her continue doing that. But like, didn't really know much beyond that. And um, until I met this uh, CFP, his name is Mark. And just the real story of how money really works and how people really build wealth beyond just spending less than you earn and some of those like basic rules of them, mm-hmm. like totally revolutionized my life. And so we had a business before and we were selling that business and trying to figure out what's our next thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if if our whole like mission in life is to share what's been most beneficial to us Mm -hmm. and what we love and are passionate about money, you know, wealth management, teaching people how money really works. That sounds like the, a really great path to go toward. And so we, we jumped in and it's been really fun to like see families literally like their, their destinies changed because of the work that I'm able to do with our clients. And also like, even if people don't work with me, the things they hear on the podcast and how they implement those things, Mm -hmm. um, I'll hear feedback like, hey, I took that to my guy, right? And we're doing something different because of what you shared. And that's been really cool to hear too.
0: That's really rewarding. And I think that this is something that millennials need, especially because you touched on a good point in there. Um, the the financial future or the financial destiny of a family. And okay. that is really what is crippling is you know, when you have this generation, because like if you're a millennial, your parents were like Generation Jones and their parents was generation baby baby boomer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and there's a big gap in between. Because, like, the baby boomers, things would, life was much simpler. You didn't have to make, uh, like, a million dollars to have a house, you know, and things or like just that. pay
1: off your student loans.
0: You know, <laughs> like, that wasn't a thing. And so they weren't able to equip Generation Jones. And then in Generation Jones, you have the um, industrial, you have the um, technology in Generation Jones, you have the technology boom. So, you know, technology exploded. We knew, you know, the technology and the Internet really came out in Generation Jones. And that is really what I feel changed the financial destinies of a lot of families is because you know, the families where they couldn't keep up, you know, that the changes happen so quickly that, you know, you're living life, you're not really understanding what's happening around you until you look back a few years and go, holy cow, really should have invested then, really should have built wealth then. And so now you get to the millennials that are the kids of Generation Jones. And it's like, um, where is, you know what I mean? Like some of us, it's just a different story. And so I think for millennials, we absolutely need to be listening to podcasts like yours, because this is how we educate ourselves for those of us who didn't get that financial education at home. You know, maybe grandma did not leave us a will. Maybe there was no money set aside for college and future planning. So, you know, really educating ourselves on this stuff is key. Now, to that point, from what you've been doing and helping people, what is one tip that you can really share with? like the millennial audience for building well because i feel like we're doing it a little late in the game you know what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah i get like kind of thinking generationally like you just were i think is really helpful a lot of um so i'm a millennial um i'm one of the older ones and i see so many of us um just defaulting to what our parents are doing. Yeah. And not considering (laughs) if that's actually working for them. Mm -hmm. And if that's actually going to work over the next, you know, 20, 30 years as we, you know, uh, age and in our peak earning years. Right. And so I think a big mistake people have is just taking the, the conventional default, Mm
0: -hmm. which really
1: what our parents are doing, what the boomers are doing is like, what became conventional in the eighties when we were born, like when -hmm. a lot of us were born in the eighties and nineties and the world was different then than it is now. Mm -hmm. um, And we have to like carve our own path. We have to choose what's right for us. Mm -hmm. And so part of why we call it grandma's wealth wisdom is returning to the time tested wisdom that stood multiple generations Mm -hmm. that goes back hundreds of years Mm -hmm. and saying, well, how do I learn those things and adapt them to 2021, 2022, and like what I think is going to happen over the next 20, 30 years? Right. As I'm, that those are my wealth-building years, right? I need, mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. to figure that out. And so, um, that that's kind of the big thing that we like to talk about is, well, let's challenge what's become traditional or become conventional and go back to really what's rooted in. Um, the last several hundred years and what's actually worked there, there are financial products that have been around since the Roman empire. Right. Mm. Why, why should we think that they're not going to work now? Right. Like let's Mm -hmm. consider those.
0: You make a really good point. Now that's, that's really interesting. And I think for me, I have kind of like a, a, a dual, uh, like you, you know, kind of a dual approach to it, you know, taking some of those old principles of like s- just saving money, uh, you know, I think would probably be one of those. Right. And then because I feel like in our generation, they're like saving money is kind of really hard. For me. Like there's no concept. It's just like, oh, I got money. I spend money. It's like, no, I'll save that. And, and, and then saying okay what new products and these old products that are out and kind of putting them together and I think um a lot of us you know well I'll let you I'll let you say like what's one financial product that's been around for a couple hundred years that we're not utilizing
1: yeah so um A big uh, part of especially moms, we think about this a lot as life insurance, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, making sure our kids are protected in case something happens to us or to our partners, Mm -hmm. Uh, thinking about do we get life insurance for our kids? And there's a whole bunch of different kinds of life insurance. It's become very popular in the 80s to just buy term. And Mm -hmm. like that, that's like the popular option. But our grandparents and for hundreds of years, they would have purchased for over 100 years, they would have purchased whole life insurance mm-hmm. so that it's there for their whole life, mm-hmm. not um, you know, gonna lapse after 30 years because the price increases like term does. And a lot of people won't consider whole life insurance in any way, shape or form because they just they believe that you know term is the only option and um, whole life is too expensive and a lot of these myths that are out there when I invite people to say, well, let's actually, let, if if it's appropriate in some circumstances, let's make sure you're not one of those some circumstances. And then within that kind of open, if you're willing to open that can of worms, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of whole life insurance. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Let's think about what, what would be the the best way to do it for you. And then if, if that's the best way to do it for you, do, is it still the best thing for you, right? And so to go on that, Exploration takes some time, takes some effort, but I think it's totally worth it. Because that that um, whole life insurance helped me pay off my student debt. Might not like that's kind of weird. Yeah, people don't think like whole life insurance helped you pay off your student debt. What? Um, And I I love to tell those stories and kind of open people's minds to think outside the box like that.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I feel like people don't realize how much of a financial benefit that those um, types of things can be. And I'm with you on the whole life, man. Get it for your kids when they're young. Yeah. Set it and forget it. And, you know, as the years go on, it, you know, that you, you get interest in all kinds of things. And, you know, it just gives you some kind of an equity to play, you know. It so yeah. it's really, really good to do that. And it's really good for us, especially as women, to be thinking that way, because a lot of us you know, perhaps our mates are the primary breadwinner, you know. And so then, you know, if something happens now, what? You know, okay. so it's just so good for us to plan and think this way, um, especially with that. Now, um, you had something else on your podcast that a couple of episodes that I really liked that I wanted to ask you some more questions about. Okay. Um, so, on April 22nd, you had a podcast that I really liked called How to Create Passive Income for Life. And I think passive income has become super popular these days because, you know, for the millennial, Okay, we have to have a lot of us have to have especially to, to live in some of the you know different areas. you can't really afford it just you know one nine to five or whatever you need a couple different revenue streams, and that's another way we can build wealth for our future generation. Mm-hmm. so what were some of the tips and you know if you could just share a couple with us from that episode?
1: yeah. You're putting me on the spot here. I've got to remember back <laughs> oh, a few <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, so a lot of people think passive income is really easy to mm-hmm. make, and it actually takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and if you're willing to put in that time and effort, kind of in the five to nine, you know, period, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the nine to five, it can totally be... Uh, super beneficial for you for your uh even like the way you can pass on passive income to your kids right Mm -hmm. if you're doing real estate purchasing a property right that gives passive um, monthly income and then you that property can be transferred to your kids and something happens to you or um, if you want to give them a gift when they get married or Mm -hmm. when they graduate college or when they start their first business or whatever it is and that can totally transform generations um, the mistake I see people make is kind of jumping in too quickly without doing the research. I'm mm-hmm. a, if you're familiar with Enneagram, I'm a five. I'm all all about the research and I'm a little over analytical. <laughs> <You laughs> so too. I kind of, I'm on the, I'm like on the, uh, that uh, kind of side of things. Um, but I see people being like, well, this sounds fun. This sounds exciting. I'm going to try that, right? Without thinking how much is this going to cost, you know, in terms of upfront capital and and also in terms of the time needed. Um, How do I make sure that I've got the liquid liquid money in case something goes wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Going back to the real estate example, what if I don't have renters for a few months? What if- a pandemic hits and I don't, I have renters, but they're not paying me rent, you know, like all those kind of things, Mm -hmm. um, to keep that contingency funds are super important. Even if you're getting into an MLM, there's some upfront costs, right. Mm -hmm. Um, a multi-level marketing thing, right. And you're going to build passive income that way. There's some upfront costs you want to think through methodically, just like if you're purchasing a home that you're going to rent methodically, how much skin are you going to put in the game? And how long are you going to wait for an a return on your investment before you try something different? I just I see too many people jumping in because it's fun. You got the rah rahs going on, and they're not thinking through all those kind of things. Does that make sense?
0: That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, you know the passive income thing. It really is important, I think, for us to embrace and and ask all those questions. And for some of us, you know, maybe you have a nine to five or whatever. But even something so small on the side, I feel, you know, maybe it's just a weekend job. I know um, one of the ladies that's on our financial panel here on the podcast, and she mentioned several of the things that you mentioned. Her name's Kiala Smith, and her family has a side uh, business on the weekends where they rent party bouncers. You know and you know she has several i really admire you know women like you and her who build these simple and that takes very little management because we do want to have that like work-life balance we don't want to be like just all we do is like do businesses and that's like easy to fall into but just something simple you know that doesn't take a ton of time and that has you know just a really nice return on some of your initial investment it can really really be great now I have another one that I want to ask you about and then we're going to talk about kind of the pandemic like where we are like right now and how that's affected our pocketbooks and our future pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, let's see here, how to create business that lasts and impacts generations. And we touched on this a little bit, but can you give me a tip or two from that episode that we haven't already touched on that would be a good takeaway for folks?
1: Yeah. And actually this kind of ties in with what um i loved your share back you know about the passive income part um that we have we often have a big vision right Mm -hmm. we want to start this business that is going to last for generations we have a there's a difference we want to see in the world and that's why we're starting our business and the vision is grand and i love that uh, without vision right the people perish without vision our lives Mm -hmm. are meaningless um Mm -hmm. we're not we're not passing on that we don't have a vision to pass on to our kids and you know for them to get excited about what mommy's gonna go do this party rental thing on the weekends you know like Mm -hmm. those kind of things um but i what i I found super valuable. This would have been back in 2009 when we were in an economic recession was when my husband and I decided to start our first business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we had no upfront capital. We were still in debt, right? Our net worth was was low. So we took this grand vision we had for that business and we said, "What's the what's the first thing we could sell, mm-hmm. right? To start bootstrapping our way. And so it was a um, a social enterprise coffee shop that we we're going to start had a whole mission of, you know, supporting the coffee farmers, changing our local Aww. community, this whole vision. But we started with um, offering people coffee subscriptions. They could buy a bag of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I would literally go on the L. We lived in Chicago at the time. I'd go on the train to a coffee roaster with an empty suitcase. I'd load the suitcase up with coffee beans and then I'd deliver them to their homes. Um, wow. And all, all it cost me, right, was the train fare. <laughs> and in mm-hmm. um, my time but we um made some money we start you know we could take that the profit that we made and start putting that back into how we we're going to buy our first espresso machine and pay for our build out you know and all those mm-hmm. kind of things and it was great uh, learning for marketing too and so kind of this idea like if you want a business that lasts generations you have that grand vision but you're not sure where to start mm-hmm. it it could be something really simple like that sure it's not scalable right? You can't, that's, but if it serves the vision and you can do it now, do Mm -hmm. it. And the same way, like when you get a few years in, right. Um, you have that big vision in mind. It can get really frustrating. Like I'm not seeing this happen the way I thought it would happen. Mm -hmm. Kind of go back to like, what's that one little thing, that 1% shift I can make, right. That will help get my vision closer. And I think that's one of the most important questions you can ask.
0: I agree. And I have to applaud your like grassroots approach and You know, this is going to be a good segue into what we're going to talk about next with kind of navigating the pandemic. You know, sometimes when you go grassroots, I feel, you know, like you said, it is a harder business model to scale. But at the same time, I feel like there is a quicker return on your investment and lower investment needed. You know, so if you are someone who doesn't have all that, get out there and beat that pavement, you know, knock on the doors, do whatever you got to do. Set up that, you know, uh, hot dog stand on the corner you know, it's easy and it's helpful. So um, yeah, now with the pandemic, okay, I feel like there's two types of businesses that are going to thrive right now and project and be businesses that can be sustainable generationally as this thing goes on. And that is businesses in like the tech space, right? Because we're all now like just, or inundated, like technology is just exploding because of the nature of the pandemic. We can't really be fully together and all that. Mm-hmm. Um so that and then also I feel the grassroots type businesses, you know, like the food Uh, businesses like an outdoor stand of some sort or you know whatever and there's been some interesting food vendors that I've seen that have like I was at this walk up in like near like downtown LA and it was kind of like a, a mix between a building and a like hot dog stand kind of thing you know where you went up and you ordered an empanada it was all touch screen on like a big iPad computer outside. You just touch, touch, touch your order, then you walked up to the window, they handed it out, and you went on about your business. I'm seeing vending machines, you know, um, for food and things like that. So you're kind of seeing that grassroots approach of like, hey, just get food, you know, make, you know, sell food or whatever, but you're marrying technology kind of with that. What are your thoughts on the types of businesses that are, are thriving right now and businesses we should be looking to getting into in the future?
1: Yeah, I think the the big theme is transition. And there's like a buzzword um, in more in the startup community pivot, right? Pivot. That, you know, um, and I think the businesses that have been succeeding over the last year or plus have been the ones that have been Have been quick to pivot, try something new, right? Um, I've seen restaurants go from they were just serving meals to making meal kits where you could make the meal right at home, or you know, uh, different things like that. And I think um, to keep that in mind, if you're just starting a business, you might have planned to do X, Y, or Z, but you might need to pivot and do, uh, you know, R, S, T, right? Like a little Mm -hmm. different. (laughs) Um, And um, and, or maybe you've had success over the past year with, you know, uh, ABC, you know, products and services, but we're transitioning again, hopefully, right. We're into getting closer and closer to whatever the new normal looks like, mm-hmm. what has worked over the past year might not continue working. And mm-hmm. I think as, you know, if we look historically, right. Change has only been happening faster and faster. Yes. And in particular, I've heard some uh, amazing thinkers talk about how these the next decade is really going to be a huge decade of transition and Mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. And that that means a lot for our businesses. It means a lot for how we're going to build wealth. Right. It means a lot for how we need to raise our kids. But to keep that in mind, like how is this decision I'm making? How am I going to change it in the future if I need to? Right. Or is this locking me into something? that I'm not going to be able to change when I need to. Does that make sense?
0: That makes total sense. And I think that this is the time that if you are the type of person that is stuck in one way of like operating, you know, I just want to have a a nine to five. I just do. I feel like the next decade is going to be very tough. And I feel like the next decade is going to leave some families completely in the dust financially because they're not going to pivot They're not going to keep up. They won't be able to think outside the box and adapt to this new normal. Um, And I think some are going to literally explode with wealth. Like it's already happening. You know what I mean? Like we have all these different currencies now. You you got Bitcoin, freaking all this stuff, you know, like, so it's like, assess what's going on around you because you don't want to look back in five years and go i remember when this came out during the pandemic and it just i wasn't even paying attention if only i knew so for me what i'm trying to do right now is say okay what's what businesses are happening right now what new financial products are coming out right now um you know how can i save money you know what 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 does the future look like? And try to make decisions based on that and, and try to kind of just get in there, you know? Okay, what can I do? What can I do to change my family's wealth right now? Because people are making money, right? Yep. People are making yep. money now.
1: Yeah, and we've seen anytime there's been any kind of economic turmoil mm-hmm. or change that that's when wealth changes hands. Mm-hmm. And in particular, as our parents... Are approaching retirement you know they're starting to even graduate get their wings there hopefully will be some wealth transferring into our hands whether it's actually like an inheritance or just because mm-hmm. we're then getting promotions as mm-hmm. you know that generation retires things like that we have to be ready for what we're going to do with that wealth because it's coming our way and we need to have a game plan together
0: that is absolutely the truth i agree 100 wow this has been very um insightful into you know kind of what's going on right now and how we can kind of you know take and learn from these generations of past and adapt for this very interesting time i just feel it's it's very precarious i feel it's it's like be woke right now <laughs> see what's <laughs> happening try to Absolutely. try to make some money right now you know what i mean and it's It's time to pivot, man. It's time to change what you're doing and educate yourself on what you can do and and get in gear. So I want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing this awesome information. I want to encourage everybody before we head out um, to please check out Amanda's podcast, okay? And if you are watching this on YouTube, it would really be great would really be great um, if you could go over to her website okay so if you're listening on podcasts at some point during your day head over to grandmaswealthwisdom.com and take a look at amanda's uh website the whole goal remember is time tested financial strategies for today her goal is to help you increase increase your net worth balance your savings and spendings and make a real impact and that is absolutely what you're going to get i love her podcast um you know, you interview lots of people who have a lot of knowledge of, you know, financial planning, um, forecasting and all of that. You're also able to book a consultation with Amanda. Could you tell us what a consultation looks like?
1: Yeah, we start with a quick 15 minute chat just to mm-hmm. answer any questions you have, talk about what our process looks like, make sure we're a good fit to work together. Mm-hmm. And then if you have that 15 minute call, um, we decide the next step from there, we actually offer um, a fuller financial consultation where we'll walk through, um, help you choose a strategy that will work well for you. It's a whole educational process, getting to know each other and um, we, we thoroughly enjoy it. It's almost like having a mini financial coach for a couple sessions
0: that is awesome that i think that people will really really enjoy that now guys i have to tell you amanda has a cute little baby oh my goodness look at (laughs) head over and look at the guy how old is the baby
1: he's he's three now he's about to start preschool and oh my uh, goodness um (laughs) yeah but we need to update the picture on our website.
0: (laughs) It's okay. I love it. So, and you work with um, business owners, independent contractors, families, young professionals, um, and change makers. So I really, really am enjoying your podcast. Thanks. Yes. Um, Okay. Can I I share
1: one one extra little tidbit?
0: Yes, please.
1: Um, Okay. So a lot of people think, that in order to meet this change and this transition that's coming you have to take risk. You have to take a lot of risk mm-hmm. to make that happen. And I just want to let people know that risk is not required. Uh, that myth, and I call it a myth, that you know, no risk, no reward, right? I mm-hmm. think that's an absolute falsehood mm-hmm. and that you can build wealth without taking unnecessary risk. And if you want to learn more, I'd love to. I'd love to chat with people, help share what's been shared with me.
0: Oh, that is beautiful. And that's so important because, you know, I think that's why a lot of people get scared off, especially, you know, if you say, hey, you know, you should buy some stocks. They're like, oh, it's risky. You know what I mean? Or like things like that. It it scares people off. So knowing that, you know, there is so much you can do without you don't need to, like, take all the money out of your 401k, you know, to progress like you don't have to do these big go big or go home moves like it's not necessary. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you for letting me share.
0: Yes. All right, ladies. I want to thank you so much for listening to Work It Mommy. Um, if you have any questions, drop us a comment on this episode. Um, and please check us out on podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. And we'll see you in the next episode.